0: Okay. How come I look out like I'm working, and Adrian looks like he's on vacation? What the hell's going on here? <laughs> Pretty I much, I am.
1: <laughs> I look like my grandfather. So. <laughs> Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered.
2: Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered with Ken Campbell. My name is Dylan Waugh. I'm the sidekick. Didn't come up with a good sidekick reference today. I am the either Halak to carry Price or the carry Price to Halak, depending on yeah. how you look at your history.
1: How about you are the Gilligan to my skipper? Okay, perfect. <laughs> I'm the lovable screw-up, yeah. I guess, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Yes, this was
2: supposed to be a two-hour podcast. <laughs> I liked your Gilligan to skipper one.
1: That was good. Yeah, little buddy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing this week, Ken? I'm doing great. You know, I mean we're getting through the playoffs here.
2: Yeah, that's um, very true.
1: We are seeing some really good hockey. We're seeing some not so great hockey. Um, but you know, now we're at the now we're where it gets really interesting. Yeah. We're at the conference finals. Yeah. And uh I'm I'm you know, we talked about this off off camera if you will, but you, don't you know, we, I, I, I'm really, I'm really actually looking forward to seeing some really good hockey, especially in the West. Yeah. Uh, not so much in the East. I don't think it's going to be close. Um, but uh, you know, we said that about the battle of Alberta, which didn't really live up to like, it was good, but it didn't live up to the 30 years of hype that yeah. preceded it. Yeah. And that's on the Calgary flames, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, And you know, we thought that the battle of Florida was going to be, A battle, right? And and it wasn't, right? Yes. So, I mean, I'm really hoping that, like, I'm really hoping the Western Conference Final can can live up to can live up to the hype. I think it will. Yeah. But, I mean, we've we thought that before, so something about okay.
2: So let's let's get into let's get into the losers.
1: Before we go further, check out
2: KenCampbell.substack.com. Speaking of losers. That's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Um, check out KenCampbell.substack.com. <laughs> check him out. Check out this old loser on Twitter too at Ken <laughs> underscore Campbell27. Um, and of course, uh, check out our podcast, Hockey Unfiltered. Uh, check us out on um, Apple Podcasts. If you want it directly into your inbox, then the, the Substack, the aforementioned Substack, as it Correct. were. And uh, yeah, so let's talk about the losers. We already discussed Florida, but uh, we did get a question on Florida from August West on YouTube. And I can't believe it took me this long to place the name. Do you know what the name is from? August West. August West. No. My name is August West and I love Still my pearly know. baker best more than my
1: wine. Yeah, that's not helping me. Grateful Dead. War, oh, August wow, West okay. was the Wharf Rat. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I don't listen to that hippie music. <laughs> I told
2: you I quoted Jerry Garcia <laughs> to the to the a conservative MP came to my door. <laughs> He's he said, "Well, if you had to if you had to pick, who would you pick?" And I said, "Choosing the better of two evils is still choosing evil."
1: Right. <laughs> I would have said, "Not you." <laughs> i should have said
2: <laughs> get off my lawn yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just manicured it okay buddy <laughs> um anyways uh so august west says should bill zito share some of the blame for uh sticking with after joel quinville was fired not going out and getting a you know uh,
1: Quinville type of coach right well uh that's that's some pretty good revisionist history there in my opinion. Yeah. First, first of all, it was an untenable situation. Right. Right? I mean, it's not like they fired Joel Quenville because they were doing poorly and and that the team wasn't responding to him. Or whatever. This was a crisis situation. Yeah. You know? And they didn't actually fire him. He resigned, but, I mean, semantics. Semantics, yeah. Semantics. Yeah. He resigned. I mean, they had to have somebody in place fairly quickly. Resigned
2: in disgrace. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, as it turned out, yes. Um, but, but I mean like, you know, it wasn't like they had the 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 luxury of having a month in the off season to, you know, interview a bunch of people. Yeah. And 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 this they had to kind of hit the ground running and they had to do it with somebody who was familiar with the organization. Yeah. You know, and so and and like until the playoffs, I don't know if anybody's if anybody's really you know, has a problem with Andrew Burnett being the coach. Yeah. Right? They did win the president's trophy. They were really good with him. They 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 got behind in games and then they would they'd be behind by three or four goals and then they'd come back and win. Yeah. Like it was incredible the way they did that during the regular season. Um during the playoffs, they they I, I think that coaching was a factor. Is a huge I, factor. I definitely think it was a big yeah. factor. It wasn't the only factor. No, you know, I mean, you know, those a lot of those guys that we thought were going to be really battle hardened and be able to carry it in the playoffs didn't. Yeah, you know, you're talking and,
2: about the Barkovs.
1: Yeah, and the Sam Bennett's and, yeah. and the Huberto's and you know and and you know Huberto
2: but, had a so-so playoffs. he yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, had an yeah. okay playoffs, but it, it wasn't. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. It, it wasn't Hart Trophy finalist caliber. They, I just feel like they never really got themselves untracked. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they really started the Washington series very poorly. They didn't look good. They came back, they won. And then we were kind of like my idea of it was, okay, they faced their adversity. They got the yips out of their game. They weren't good. Now we're going to see the best of them. Well, we didn't see the best of them. You know, I mean, the highest scoring team in the NHL scored three goals. None of them on the power play. Yeah. You know, so, and and Tampa made them look really, really ordinary.
2: The reason why I like boxing and I and I can't stand ultimate fighting. Right. Is because when a boxer starts to go down, it gets broken up like that. Mm-hmm. In ultimate fighting, when a guy starts to go down. They,
1: the guy pounds on him. It's tomorrow, like doesn't finish he? him. Yeah. It's,
2: it's just, it's like, it's just like to the death gladiator sports to me. Right. And. What's wrong with that? aren't aren't you the anti-fighting guy for the nhl yeah (laughs) Yeah, i am um but anyways like but the thing is so you you develop a different instinct right and you know the playoffs versus the regular season uh, you're right in the sense that it's a little bit of revisionist history um but it's it's almost like looking back even for myself i'm like i should have thought of it What it takes to coach a team in the playoffs is different than what it takes to coach a team in the regular season. Look at all of the playoff success that Barry Trotz had with the New York Islanders compared to the regular, very ordinary regular seasons that they were having. Right, right. right. And and so I almost should have thought of it like you need that UFC mentality in the playoffs, which is like, I've already got you by the throat. Barry him. Why don't I punch your head as much as possible? Right, right. Right? Um, and, And you need that in the playoffs, which so... I, I, I guess, like, I should have thought of that, and he was coached. and, you know, to your point about the Stars not really being the Stars for Florida, a, a good coach can put Stars in a position to succeed, and whether that's matchups, whatever that might yeah. be, you know, like, a good coach will put those people in a position to succeed.
1: Here's what I will say about Joel Quenville, and I maintain this, that in, in the, all the time that I've been watching hockey, there's never been a coach better than Joel Quenville who can make in-game adjustments yeah and 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 he has an Uncanny ability yep. to know who's going and who's not, and who to play and who to sit, and how much to play and to play with whom, and all that. There, I I don't believe in, 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 that includes Scotty Bowman, in my opinion. There mm. there isn't a coach that I've seen that's better at making those in-game adjustments and and going with the guys who are going better than Joel Quenville. Yeah. Okay. So that's a big part of it. But what are you gonna do, right? Like you've had to you've had to have Joel Quenville resign because of what essentially is toxic, right? Yeah. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna bring in Mike Babcock? (laughs) Like what are you gonna do? Like oh yeah we fired the guy we, we made the guy resign who was involved in the worst sex scandal in the history of the NHL but we're also gonna bring in a guy who's who's really toxic too. You know, yeah, and yeah. that's not going to work.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's that's ex- you're exactly right. the The bottom line is is that they don't have time. Like, even if they were looking, and Andrew Burnett kept winning, yeah, then sooner or later they're going to stop looking because the thing when Daryl Daryl Sutter took over for the Calgary Flames last season, they had to give him a three year contract. Yeah. It was a three-year contract, I think. Maybe I think it was a four-year so, yeah. contract. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. whatever it was, they had to give him a three-year contract. So if you're not looking for a coach, you're not about to just be like, uh, uh, "Hey, Torts, here's three years." Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. you don't want to make that knee jerk for the long-term success of your team. So I, you know, uh, I I hear I hear where this is coming from, and it's it's not an unreasonable place. Um, uh, what a shock from a deadhead. We all come from very reasonable places.
1: I don't get that either because I don't listen to those hippie, (laughs) hippie freaks. You're more into the heavy metal. You were at the Slipknot concert last that's night. Me. Yeah. That's me. Because I love having a guy with spikes coming out of his head, yelling at me in a gravelly voice for a couple hours. That's my idea of a really good time.
2: Well, I have a guy yell at me in a gravelly voice for a couple of hours on this podcast every exactly. week. Yeah.
1: Exactly. I'll just spike my hair from now on. Yeah, that's yeah. my idea of yeah. a good time. Wear a clown mask.
2: <laughs> All right. So should we move on to the, the other losers? Yep. Okay, Carolina Hurricanes,
1: losers.
2: <laughs> Calgary Flames, losers. losers. <laughs> yeah, that's all we oh, have to say about Caroli- it.
1: No, but Carolina, that was that was super disappointing.
2: They that was laid super such disappointing last night. I, you should have told me. So we talked on the phone around score power play goal. We talked on the phone score, around nine power, o'clock. Score power play goal. And I hadn't started the game, and I started I started it late. I yeah. just couldn't get to the TV. And I said to you, I said, I said, yeah, I'm about to I said, no spoilers, I'm about to start the game from the beginning. You should have just said, eh, don't bother. I could have, but then that would have spoiled it. I know, but uh, yeah. you know, what's there to spoil? See to me, it to me it's sucked. like you look
1: at you look at the Carolina Hurricanes, they lost Freddie Anderson, but they didn't miss a beat in getting on T he was, he was, I thought Andy he was excellent. and
2: lost them one game.
1: Yeah, exactly. He had that bad game. That was it. He but you was, only lose a game once. Yeah, he was. Right? He Let was, in a
2: hundred bad goals.
1: Right. You only lose the game once. Right, exactly. Yeah. He was excellent. He was. Their defense is, is close to impenetrable. Their, their defense core is probably from top to bottom, the best in the NHL. This is on their offensive players. This, this loss is pinned directly, in my opinion, on their so-called offensive players who just could not score a goal. And yeah. you know what? I mean, I get it that it's Igor Shisterkin, I get it that he's Superman, I get all those things. Yeah. But eh, I, I'm assuming he's gonna get picked apart in the next round. Maybe he won't. But um, I don't know that he will. Yeah. 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 I, I I just think that that it's on them. Like it's on these guys that they they just couldn't get the job done.
2: So, um, firstly, as soon as I saw uh, Ranta's knee bend like that, <laughs> ugh, I just, uh, my knee twitched. It just, mm-hmm. it was really, and it's just so sad that this guy was taken out of the game that way. And, you know, um, I just, all, all the respect in the world to, to anti-Ranta for that for that series and for the whole playoff yeah, yeah. so far. Yeah. Um, I would say... But when Kachekov went in, it was Kachekov, right? The, the sure. other goalie, yeah. Sure. When Kachekov went in, did you hear, the, do you know the story of the last emperor of Rome? So at this Not point, particular. Rome was no longer an empire, but they still maintain an emperor. And the city had been sacked like four times at this point, right? And, uh, and anyway, so another invasion horde came to sack the city and they literally just went, you know what, man?
1: It's not worth it. <laughs> Don't they just? They just
2: said you're not an emperor anymore, and he stepped down, he abdicated, okay. and just and just went off to live in exile. And it was almost like with it, it was just this. He he just took this this pathetic, you know, dying em- empire and basically and was an appointed emperor and just had to basically walk away from it. And right. that was kind of like Kachekov. It was just like the team had already laid the egg. Ranta was keeping them in it single handedly. I mean, the two goals was a, was one of the best deflections I've seen in the playoffs by Chris Kreider, yes. yeah, and yeah. the yeah. other one was through, like, four bodies. Now, ideally, a goalie can get the other one in an elimination game, but you don't pin that on the goalie. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's a, ah, I guess I could have, but, yeah, you don't pin that on the goalie. And so Kachekov going in at that point, it just was like, it just reminded me of the last emperor of Rome. He just had to sit there and preside preside over the downfall of the team. It was very sad. It was very sad to watch Carolina go out that way. And then, of course, the TV yeah, crew the had way to it show happens, us
1: right. We're with our, you know, we 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 have our third string goal in there right now. Like this is how it, this yeah. is how it ends. Yeah, exactly. you know, like yeah, yeah with yeah. us not scoring and a third string goal. And this
2: rookie is like practically is some of his first NHL experience. Yeah, and
1: we're throwing him in and we're giving up breakaways because we have to we have to press the other way.
2: Right. Right? Yeah.
1: So, yeah. yeah.
2: And you know, Shesterkin had uh like by my count three excellent saves in that game, but didn't really have to stand on his head. Yeah. Okay. It was he had to be good. Yeah. But I mean, it, it didn't look like it Carolina did not sustain and, and, and the New York Rangers did an excellent job of holding Carolina to the outside. Yeah. I was surprised. So be, before we get on to the, the next bit, um, actually, you know what? I'll talk about that when we talk about the New York Rangers, when we, when we preview the New York Rangers okay. versus the Tampa Bay Lightning.
1: Exactly. Uh, Calgary Flames? The Calgary Flames were a huge disappointment in this round. Um, you know, this was the, the, the team that was supposed to be the best five-on-five team in the NHL. Um, you know, all this depth, all this texture to their team, you know, they just didn't get it done. Yeah. And I mean, again, the the wild card of goaltending. Yeah. Jacob Markstrom was not bad. He was putrid. He was putrid. He was terrible. Yeah. And he, I, I don't know what it was. Well, I do know what it was, but like, I just feel like he felt as though he had to play so deep in his net and you're you're the goalie guy but to kind of negotiate and get across and figure everything out and 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 all of that that he just played so deep in his net that he just got picked apart
2: so goalie's practice flow <clears throat> excuse me yeah. flow um and uh it's kind of become a buzzword in the goaltending community flow every you know what i mean okay. just like just like when all of a sudden everything became edge work look mike, at his
1: edge work mike smith has great flow <laughs> Yeah, on hair? his yeah.
2: yeah, on his hair. Yeah, um, <laughs> and and on a on a simple level, flow is simply just like your ability to be at the top of your crease, the side of your net, to and and, and basically be able to tr- transition your movements um, perfectly, and be able to pick and and move and and combine different techniques in order to have flow. Be, okay. You know, and um, but at, at an NHL level, you're going to practice that flow based on the defense that's in front of you you know how fast are guys coming at you where is the defense giving them angles to come at you and so you're going to be practicing the flow in that sense right and Jakob Markstrom just looked like a guy who all of a sudden his flow was completely thrown off because all of a sudden he didn't have any solid idea of where he was being attacked from and how he's being attacked okay and then to your point he wound up defaulting to the goal line some goalies then try to become over aggressive on the shots okay and he and he defaulted back, and he he was just yeah he was putrid. But the other thing that I thought about is that the book on him when he was in Vancouver was that he was an excellent goalie that shouldn't start too many games because his body broke down too quickly. Yeah. Now yeah. he came out and said, "I'm not injured," but that doesn't mean that your body's not tired. You know, kicking mean back, you're not at tired you. doesn't yeah. mean
1: you're not tired. Yeah.
2: So I that's that was a thought that I had at, at hit about him, which was you know maybe he's just not the goalie that you want to be riding through a playoff series. And maybe 40-year-old Mike Smith is.
1: Well, his career numbers are great. Yeah, His yeah. career numbers are great. Yeah, well, in when you playoffs, have a playoff series every 10 years, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be. Um, kicked in or not? Not. Not.
2: Okay, so I, I sent a friend of mine a message, and I said, it's really sad to see two series decided on essentially bogus calls. Mm-hmm. And he, he pushed back on that statement And which I think he was right to do. And I said, okay, they weren't necessarily decided on those bogus calls because I'm referring to the Leafs series and the Flames series. But to see uh, the refs have an unconscionable. That wasn't
1: refereeing, though. That wasn't refereeing. No, Dylan. okay, fair enough. That They was the called Toronto it. War they room. called it a yeah. goal. Yeah. It got called back. It got reviewed automatically by the Toronto War Room. Yeah. And and then it, at that point, it was completely out of their hands. It was completely out of the referees' hands. So the guys in the War Room who are watching all the games every year, and I and say what you want about the NHL, you yeah. know, but they, but at least they're get you're getting some consistency there because you're not getting like. You know, uh, Chris Rooney's interpretation of a kicked in goal one night and then Kelly Sutherland's another night. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It, when these things go back to the war room, they're at least the guys that are watching them all the time. And they, they decided it was kicked in. I don't see it at all. He was on one like, foot. Th- there's no, dis- like to me, the word is distinct. That's where That's where I have all the problem with this rule. Yeah, there was nothing distinct about that kicking motion. He he maybe directed it in, but he was in survival mode, and yeah, I I don't I don't agree. I thought it was a bad call.
2: So apparently, uh, apparently on the broadcast, which I don't necessarily I don't normally watch the in between period stuff. Yeah, um, I normally walk the dog (laughs) or do something that I've been postponing. Yeah, empty the dishwasher, right? Right. right. Um, But uh, apparently. Um, You know, the stuff that the bare minimum to keep me married.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Um, But apparently they were
2: saying that the the professionals in the group, such as uh, Kevin Bieksa, was saying, yes, I would definitely be purposely trying to redirect that puck into the net, even though I'm on one foot and being pushed and, and all the rest of it. And that's fine. The thing is, is that I don't think that that necessarily is mutually exclusive. To the fact that it was not a distinct kicking motion,
1: right, 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 could,
2: because to your point, distinct kicking motion yeah. doesn't mean turning your skate blade to redirect it.
1: Well, and and in fact, you're allowed to do that. Right, you're allowed to redirect. And at re-direct this point it. in the play, he had yeah. been cross-checked in the back.
2: Yeah, he tripped one foot on the goalie and was on the and was on his left foot. His right foot had tripped. Yeah. He's on yeah. his left foot all by itself. Yeah, and yes, he his you can see his left knee pump forwards yeah, yeah, yeah but his skate blade never leaves the ice and i would say that there is no way that you can call that a distinct kicking motion when a guy is going to crash into a steel bar yeah at you know and it was they, they
1: skated at 40 kilometers an hour yeah and it was going in already
2: anyway. and it was going in already so yeah. i'm just like of the two things one that it was going in already which as you know goaltender interference is supposed to be if, if the puck is going in already and somebody interferes with the goaltender yeah, yeah, at that point, yeah. it doesn't call back the goal. Right. So right. the fact that it was going in, all, anyways, whatever, bogus call, we agree.
1: Yeah, not a bogus call, but the, a missed call, a wrong call. And it just, to me, it was almost like the NHL not being able to get out of its own way. You know, that's not a right. challengeable call. Right. So, so the, the Oilers weren't going to challenge it because they can't. Yeah. You can't, you, that's, not, that's not a challengeable call. Yeah. So they weren't going to challenge it. Yeah. They, uh, the, the referees obviously thought it was a goal. Wes McCauley and Eric Ferlat thought it was a goal. Yeah. Um, and then the NHL just kind of stuck its nose in.
2: Now, the bottom line is, with all of this, is that the better team won.
1: Absolutely.
2: You know what I mean? No, I, and, and, and also, that's why is, my friend pushed back on me because he's like, you can't say that it decided the series when at the end of the day, Tampa was the better team in the Toronto series. And Edmonton was the better team in the Flames series. It
1: didn't. And this would have put Calgary up 4-3 or 5-4 or whatever yeah. uh, with six minutes left. Who are we to say that Connor McDavid wouldn't have come out and scored three goals between right. in yeah. that last six yeah. minutes? It, but, but all things being equal, they win that game on based on that go-ahead goal. Yeah. And I'm not saying they would have won the series. I doubt they would have won the series. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen Game Six of a, of the Battle of Alberta. I would
2: have loved to. Have seen I would have game loved. Six, yeah. I'm sure the
1: Calgary Flames <laughs> would have loved to have seen Game Six. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I mean, I'm sure the NHL would have loved to have all gotten all the revenue that yeah. would have come in from a Game Six and possibly a Game Seven of the Battle of Alberta. Yeah. You know, like so, and then it and then it was almost like, damn, we're not talking about how Leon Draisaitl had. Arguably the best playoff series in NHL history. Right. You know we're not talking about Connor McDavid's greatness. We are, but we're not talking yeah. about it as much. But we got to talk about a
2: stupid yeah, yeah. goal call. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Let's move on to the last loser. Um, oh, we
1: still got one left, eh? Okay. Who's that? Got uh, Carolina, or did, did we, we talked about
2: Carolina? Yeah. We talked about Florida last week, and we just talked about oh, the St. Flames, Louis. We're talking and about St. Louis. Now we got to talk about St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I think that the Saint the Saint Louis Blues put up a put up a pretty good fight, and unfortunately, the fans of the team and of course the team's response did make it kind of a good guy versus bad guy yeah. narrative, yeah. right? Like it really just it it just felt like you know like the righteous team needs to win, which of course. You know, it's it's all laundry at the end of the day. Right. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, the St. Louis Blues, they they made it a series. They made me feel good about, you know, the fact that I, I didn't give them 100 percent chance to win. <laughs> but but at the end of the day, they uh, you know, they lost. Right. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I should specify that that I didn't give the Colorado Avalanche a 100% chance to win. Right. So uh, I did, however. You did, however. I was
1: getting a little worried about that, too, at one point. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. A Although that series, to me, wasn't close. Once Kadri, that series
2: wasn't close. When Kadri got through the garbage that he got through yeah. and then scored a hat trick, it yeah. became very clear to me that Colorado was going to win.
1: Right, okay. Like at that point, it just was like- And I mean, you're game five, blowing game five away from doing it in five. Uh, You know, I mean, you know, Nathan McKinnon has that beautiful goal, has a hat trick. And then they just they just they just let their foot off the gas for a little while yeah, and yeah. let St. Louis hang around and 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 St. Louis won. To me, that wasn't a closed series and it shouldn't have been a closed series. I didn't think it was gonna be a closed series. I think St. Louis really likes to play that heavy down low game. Yeah. And Colorado just wasn't having any of that. Yeah. And they were like, Nope, we're turning it up. We're turning it up. We're turning up the tempo. We're yeah. dictating that we're gonna dictate the terms of engagement here. Yeah. And it's gonna be this is how we're gonna do it. Yeah. So,
2: All right. So before we get off of the losers, let's talk about our uh, our picks for round two. So uh, okay. and we will um, we are going to be um, multiplying with every round the 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 importance of the points. Yeah, because round one had, you know, 16 uh, possible teams. Yeah. Round two has eight, so then we're going to multiply times two. So each okay, of these. Okay, so series, I'm
1: I'm up nineteen going into round. You're up two. nineteen. I'm up so, nineteen points, and so we picked uh, very quickly. We picked a percentage by which that we thought the team would would win. So yeah. I, you know, I picked like in this round, I picked Colorado a hundred percent. It's essentially a way. So everything system, yeah. over fifty is how many points you get, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's plus, right? and
2: then you get subtracted for. Picking the wrong team and how much you wagered on that. Okay. Anyways,
1: you you guys won't understand it, but anyways, after the first round, I was up by nineteen. That's the most important part. Yep. Yeah. And I'm going to be up by a hell of a lot lot more. By by a lot more.
2: So you picked Edmonton with fifty three percent. I picked Calgary with sixty five percent. So that is an eighteen percent, eighteen point swing for you.
1: But you said we're doubling. We'll
2: double it at the end.
1: Okay, so we'll just I, double
2: once we've got the tower. Okay, so
1: 18 points for me,
2: 18 points for you, right? You picked Carolina 75, I picked Carolina 80.
1: So that's 10 uh, 5 for me,
2: that's five for you, despite yeah. the fact that we both picked the losing team. I can't
1: believe I get points for picking a shitty losing team. Yeah, well, like,
2: uh, because yeah. I picked them and I was okay. more sure of it. Okay, all right, so you, you get points over me. So
1: we're up, what am I up now? 20, what is it, 18 and five? Is that what it was, 23? Yeah, so
2: 23. Yeah, yeah. okay. You picked Car- uh, Avalanche. The Avalanche, a hundred percent. Right. I gave them sixty percent, so that's plus forty for you.
1: Yeah, we're at plus sixty three right now. Oh man, times two. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I picked Tampa at sixty percent. You gave Tampa fifty six percent, so I get myself a whopping four.
1: Okay. So what are so we at? Six
2: th- we are now at 58. You, you are plus 58. Plus
1: 58, yeah, okay.
2: That's it. That's that's all the series.
1: Can we stop this senseless slaughter? <laughs> 58, so that's 116 plus, I'm up 125. We really don't need to make it double the points in the, in the subsequent rounds.
2: Uh, here's the thing, Ken. This is the playoffs, okay? Yeah you if you can drive the stake in you drive the stake in okay Okay. this is not about making people feel good you do the flyby after every goal okay i'm a big boy i'm in the professional leagues i can take it yeah wow all right took it pretty bad on that one
1: you took it like on your hairy chin big time (laughs) holy smokes i can't believe that i like obliterated you the way i did I'm pretty
2: surprised by that myself. Yeah. I definitely thought that uh, I'd pick up a few points. Like,
1: come on, Calgary.
2: What's wrong with you guys? (laughs) (laughs) Jerks. 65%. All right. So we have an awesome interview coming up. Oh, yeah. With Mark Spector and... uh, Adrian Dater. Adrian Dater. Previewing the Western Conference. Previewing the Western Conference. So before we get to that, check out kencampbell.substack.com. Check us out on Apple, Pod, Apple Podcasts. I almost said Apple iTunes. Because they, they, they've rebranded. It's a piss off. Anyways, don't forget to leave us a comment. You can leave us comments on the YouTube videos. Uh, you can check out our clips on YouTube, which, um, you know, we, we, we do this into little sections. So you don't have to listen to us for an hour if you don't want to. But, you know, you can. Yeah, if you like. Yep. and of course, if you leave comments, we will read them. We will comment on them as we did with August West just now. We will maybe sing you a song that nobody except for myself and Mister West care about. <laughs> That's a so, good part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, so let's uh, let's preview the East. Okay. Here, c- can I can I kick this off? Yes. Because I want to say something where I just I, I feel very it's very important to me. Okay. I. Always loved Gerard Gallant as a coach. I loved him when he was the defensive coach in Montreal, mm-hmm. and Montreal's defense suffered in, in in incredibly in his absence. And then he went and became the head coach in Florida. And then the Panthers all of a sudden started becoming pretty good. But then he had that weird firing. Then he went
1: in Carolina. I coincidentally, not ironically. Ooh. Oof.
2: Nice. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, it was so, in it was in Carolina. That's where they literally and, and when I say literally, I mean, literally, they kicked him to the curb. <laughs> <laughs> literally, no taxi yeah. Kicked to the curb. Yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> um, so and then he went to, of course, Las Vegas, correct, where he really made a name for himself. Right. Yep. Taking them to the uh, Stanley Cup finals. And now he's in the New York Rangers. And now, so what I what I guess I want to say about this is that the New York Rangers had very poor advanced stats, and I was reading a lot into that. And it didn't at any point occur to me that Gerard Gallant basically just knows his stuff.
1: Yeah, to me, it's like it's like he he's not going to force this, right? Okay, we got the best goalie in the world back there. Yeah. So let's use him. Yeah. So why are, about, why, why are we worried about why are we worried
2: about letting the expected goals against? Yeah. Why are there? we wor-
1: why are we worried about giving up yeah. chances? Because the best. Well, I don't know if he's the best goalie in the world because the other guy in this series is probably the best goalie in the world. Yeah. However, but like, but like, it, that's a part of knowing your team, and like, yeah. there are some coaches who would probably want to force their like impose something on these guys and say, no, we can't win this way. And ultimately they, they probably can't, but, but, you know, we can't win this way. We've got to be, you know, we've got to play a certain way and it's not a lot of fun to play this way, but we got to play this way. And sooner or later, they're going to have to start if they really want to win, they're going to have to, they're going to have to add that texture to their game. But
2: they did in the last game against Carolina, like the the way that they protected the house against Carolina, the very last game, was yeah. pretty good. Yeah,
1: it was pretty good, and 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 yeah. there there was a bit of keeping them to the outside, which is which, which you're right. Um, however, I mean, I think Gerard Gallant has recognized and and he's a player's coach. He's a former player. He understands yeah. these things. It's like okay, w- like it's not about me. It's about the talent that we have. Yeah, and so if we're gonna give up a bunch of chances against the game, yeah. that's okay because we're gonna get a bunch of chances for and. Yeah. We're going to get the occasional power play and it's going to score 32% of the time.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, like w- what he's done is what, uh, it's it's similar to what Martin St. Louis did in Montreal, but it's, it's what coaches don't like doing, which is that he has allowed himself to uh, rely on the individual talent of his team. Right. And right. he has allowed himself to say, because coaches don't like doing that because then they don't have as much control right. over what's and going it's, on. It's and so not about they, them. It's not, right. not about them. Yeah.
1: So yeah. he's
2: allowed himself to say, you know what? I don't I don't care that, you know, I don't care that uh, Kako and Lafreniere are, you know, um, playing this incredible, you know, whatever, rushing system, blah, 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 this cycle or whatever. What I care about is that individually, both of them who are excellent goal scorers throughout their entire career so far in hockey— what i care about is that they get their chances what right. i care about is that is not that panarin you know plays this solid two-way role blah 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 line what i care about is that panarin gets chances on the net right and so he has allowed himself to rely on on players individually and i mean they're going up against tampa and john cooper is an excellent coach and tampa is the opposite they play a team structure uh, an excellent team structure. Yeah. So it'll be interesting, but the fact is, is that nobody's slowed down the New York Rangers so far.
1: Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Louis Domingue couldn't do it. Uh, Anti <laughs> Ranta couldn't do it. uh couldn't do it. Um, yeah. So yeah, they've they've faced some really some really. St- well, I mean, Ranta was. In fairness, clear. Ranta, had Ranta himself, was excellent, yeah. but but you know what? Like yeah. this is a whole new ball game, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, as great as Shesterkin's been, Vasilevsky's actually been better. That's an interesting question. Well, he wasn't at the beginning of the first round, but they both had their yips, right? They like did. games, games three and four in yep. the first round, Shisterkin was terrible, yep. and there were games in the first round when when. Vasilevsky wasn't that good either, so it all, sort of all evens out. Um, but I mean, to me, uh, Tampa Bay can play. Like the thing that I that 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 sort of impresses me most about Tampa Bay is, yeah, sure. Well, you just let us know how you want to play the game, and we'll we'll beat you at it. Like it, it like we'll beat you at it. And we know we'll beat you at it. Like yeah. John John Cooper said in the first round, some of the stuff he said, it was, you know, when they were running into trouble, it was like, yeah, they're good. The Leafs are good, but it's 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 us. It's not them. It's us. Yeah. And you know, and then they turned they turned that whole narrative around. And to me, you know, if you want if you want to play a run and gun game, yeah, okay, we're good. If you want to play a down and dirty game, okay, we're fine. You want to play a two one game? We're good there too. We'll give you nothing once we get up in the third period by a goal. We will give you absolutely nothing. Yeah. And to me, I think the most important thing about the Tampa Bay Lightning is I don't think at the beginning of the year that they were convinced that they had another cup in them. I really don't think they did. I don't I, think I, they don't did think, either. I don't think they thought that they could do what they're doing. Yeah. And now they they know they can do what they're doing. Yeah. And they have gone from a two-time Cup champion to a two-time Cup champion who recognizes the possibility of being a dynasty. And I think that I don't think that can be discounted. I think, you know, this team, you know, they have a culture, they have a standard, and when they're this close, um, they're they're going to push it.
2: They, uh, when you listen to them talk last year after winning the Stanley Cup a lot of the narrative was around we had to do it because we're not going to have this core next year, right, et cetera, Right, et cetera. and now it's
1: like, let's do it for Corey Perry. Let's do it for, you know, let's do it for Brandon Hagel. Let's do it for the guys that haven't won Let's one do
2: yet. it for the undisputed best hockey player in the league, Pat Maroon.
1: Right, four in a row. Four in a yeah. row. And when I say guys who haven't won it, I do know that Corey Perry won a Stanley Cup in yeah, 2007. 150 years with ago. The, with the Anaheim Ducks, but, yeah. it's, but it's been a while.
2: So Andre Vasilevskiy has a 9.32 save percentage. Igor Shosturkin has a 9.28. Mm-hmm. Igor Shosturkin has better goals saved above average with 7.2 to Andrey Vasilevsky's 6.8.
1: Oh, somebody said he saved 11 goals above expected or something like that.
2: The What is an expected goal is a proprietary stat. So some, some websites will calculate okay. it one way and some will calc- calculate it another way. Okay. Uh, I tend to use natural stat trick. Here's the interesting one, though high danger save percentage. Vasilevsky's got a 915. So, high danger just being that's, that's amazing, right? Clo- shots yeah, in, uh, close yeah, yeah. to the crease or yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. in the yeah. home plate area. Yeah. And Shusterkin has what's about an average at 848. Hmm. So, it's interesting that well, Vasilevsky. Well, well. Yeah, but it, it, that's so. I mean, you know, if you're Tampa Bay, you, you're saying, well, then I've got a muscle to the front of the net right yeah, because yeah. that's where you know that's where high danger is right so you, you know if you're if you're tamp like if you're uh um, the rangers here you're going well i don't know where to beat vasileski i don't know what what section of ice do i have to fight for because um you know you can look at high danger mid danger low danger uh if you are actually reviewing game tape you can look at The, you know, lateral movement versus how they fight through screens versus how they, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of, like, I'm convinced that we are in a day and age where there's no solving a goaltender by a shooter. There's no shooter that can turn around and say, oh, the goalie's weak glove side. No goalie is weak glove side in the NHL. No goalie is weak blocker side in the NHL. No goalie is weak five hole in the NHL. There are no Ilya Brizgalovs out there. Right. And and especially in this playoff series, at which point when you're talking about solving a goalie, you have to talk about that as a team. And so it's very interesting to me that, you know, obviously the front of the net is the hardest ice to fight for in a hockey game. But if you're talking about Andre Vasilevsky, who has a 915 in front of his net. Then you're like, well, why am I even fighting for that ice? <laughs> yeah. How am I how yeah, am I yeah. beating him there? Right. Yeah, like yeah, why yeah. why am I taking well, Ryan McDonough's not a big cross checker, actually. But like you know what I mean? Well, Sergachev can be one can be. dirty yeah. little bugger yeah. Yeah. in front Cher- of the net.
1: Chernak's a monster. Right, yeah, Chernak's yeah. a monster. Yeah yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. It's actually funny that that McDonough and um and uh, Hedman are pretty um not all that aggressive. Nope. In terms of, but are are excellent, of course, defensively. Like McDonough McDonough has quietly put himself together a very, very good playoffs this year.
1: Yeah, and he did that last year and the year before too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Montreal draft pick. Yes. How's Scott Gomez working out? (laughs) 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 That's always the joke. Um, So I don't know, like this series is so uh, difficult to predict.
1: Not for me. Not for me. I think it's going to, I think Tampa's going to crush them. I think Tampa's going to crush them. I'm going 100%, by the way, on Tampa. Because, and I'm thinking part of it is that I'm already like destroying you. So I'll either just, I'll either just like, you'll either implode or. No, no, I'll either like, I'll either just like, I'll crush you into dust. Or mm. I'll let you back in this thing. Right. So yeah. you can be strategic about it. I don't think this series is gonna be close. I, I really don't. I, I think that Tampa is by far the superior team, even though they actually <laughs> technically they go into this series as the underdog because yeah. they're they're starting on the road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and New York had more points. Um and uh, so but but I, I I really believe that the Tampa is just going to take this series by the throat the way they did against, uh, against Florida. And I think, I don't think that the New York Rangers, well, they realize what they're up against, but they are not like what they faced in the first two rounds
2: uh, is, yeah.
1: is, nothing compared to what they're going to face. Yeah. Here. But I mean, nothing. Carolina,
2: they, 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 showed some of that, like, to be honest, they're, they, they're an excellent team and, just they they but just could had you, a could you see, nasty habit of imploding. Yeah,
1: could you see the the Tampa Bay Lightning going up to nothing in the series and then and then losing? Yeah, no, well, I like enough. I mean they had them. They were up to nothing in the series. You can, know?
2: Can I throw out some other little goalie microstats in the series? Sure. Just to be clear, microstats they're not always the most important indicators in the world. A lot of people on Twitter love to quote microstats as if they mean something very profound, but in this case, it's just interesting. Andre Vasilevsky has faced in the entire playoffs in all strengths twenty-one rush attempts against. Okay. So um, the the Tampa Bay Lightning have been so good at preventing rushes, which is how New York seems to like to play, that Vasilevsky's only faced twenty-one.
1: have I- faced probably. I'm going to say seventy.
2: 32.
1: Okay, well that's
2: yeah. So it's it's, it's worse, it, but yeah, not, I thought it would be worse. But hang on, this is where it gets fun. Andre Vasilevskiy's faced only 42 rebound attempts against. Mm-hmm. Now part of that is he's got good rebound control, but part of that is the defense's ability to clear the crease. How many has Shisterkin faced?
1: I'm not gonna guess because I was so off on the 103. 103. Holy snapping.
2: One hundred and three uh-huh. rebound attempts against Shusterkin. Now, part of that is that, you know, he bobbles pucks once in a while. But part of that is like, I mean, it, like we have seen it where the puck, it just seems like it's all over his crease.
1: If I were Pat Maroon, the first thing I do is skate by Shusterkin and just look at him and go. <laughs> That's what I <I'd> do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: I, if I were Pat Maroon, I'd skate by Shisterkin and say, you've probably enjoyed life up until now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know what? I, like, man, so it's hard when you're wrong so much, as I have been. To trust your instincts because I want to give Tampa 100% as well. I don't know. But I've also, I've very underestimated the New York Rangers. And like I said about Gerard Gallant, uh, I've always loved him as a coach. I've loved him from his Montreal days as a coach.
1: Well, be strategic about it. Give New York 100. And then that way. No, I'm not going to be strategic about it. And then that way, you're going to pick up like uh, 150 points i I like to lose
2: honestly. I I like to lose honestly. I'm not going to be strategic about it. That's what losers say. (laughs) I maintained my dignity. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah that's what you did <laughs> okay
2: i'm going to give tampa 65 percent.
1: that's it okay whatever
2: it's a 35 point swing
1: yeah i'm giving tampa 100 okay I, I, I don't think, like I said, I don't think this series is, is going to be close. Okay. At all. It's
2: a 35-point swing, and yep. uh, which actually is times four for this
1: round. I thought it was times three and then times four in the final. Oh, pardon me. You're right. Around. It would yeah, be times, times three. three. Right, yeah. So, yeah. so It's a, it's a decent 35, swing. What did you say? It's a 35% swing? Yeah. So you could pick up 115 points.
2: Yeah, but I'm still picking the team that I think is going to win. And what
1: am I at right now? 162 uh, or something like that?
2: 125.
1: Oh, one hundred twenty-five. Well, there you go.
2: Yeah, there you go. So, okay, um, I could I could pick up a lot of points for being wrong here. Is what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's just do the prediction for the other series because we are preview for the other series. Correct. Stick around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we didn't do that because, of course, we had uh, two very busy guests on. <laughs> Yeah. One looked more busy than the other. <laughs> um, so, what's your prediction for the next, for the other series?
1: I, I, well, you'll find out when you see, when we talk to Spec and, uh, and Adrian. Um, I, I, I was way more conflicted on this than I thought I was going to be. Yeah. Like, way, like, way, way more.
2: Yeah. And it's only
1: because, Ed, so much of Edmonton's the narrative around Edmonton's season was a 2-11-2 stretch. Yeah. But if you throw that out, yeah. you know, they've, they've had exactly the same, like over the last 46 games, the Colorado Avalanche and the Edmonton Oilers have had exactly the same record, yeah. you know. And, and the Oilers, like, this, is, this sample size is big enough to say that they are an elite NHL team. Yeah. And I want to pick them. I really do. I want to pick them, but I can't. I can't. I just think the depth that Colorado has is going to prevail. I think it's going to be Colorado in seven, but I'm, I'm going like 55, 45,
2: 55%. For Colorado. Yes. Yeah. So I'm a lot more conflicted as well. And the thing that's really got me conflicted is in net. Because look, you know, if there's one goalie that like could potentially just fall apart, it is Mike Smith. And I'm not like, I'm not just, trying to just be a in jer-
1: terms of health. Like, he right. Yeah. In terms of
2: health, in terms of fatigue. I'm yeah. not trying to be a jerk here, but I'm, you know, uh, I, my joke is that every goalie guy has a very love hate relationship with Mike Smith.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Um, so just in terms of health, in terms of fatigue, if there's one goalie that can fall apart, it's Mike Smith. But by all for all intents and purposes, like Darcy Kemper's not had a good playoffs. He's got a 904 save percentage. Yeah. He's yeah. let in two more goals. two point one four. Goal saved above expected, minus 2.14. He's let in, you know, he's not he's not playing uh league average. So he's got an 8.11 for high danger save percentage. Mike Smith has an 843, which is around, you know, average.
1: Which is average, yeah. 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 yeah.
2: I guess I guess my point is is that like, I mean, goaltending sinks ships, man. Yeah. Goaltending
1: sinks ships. Okay, and, so what are you saying? You're saying that Edmonton has the better goal? No, and, and just, and Edmonton I'm just saying does. that if it wasn't does. Edmonton does have the better goal. I'm just saying series, that if it, it wasn't for point. that
2: there'd be no conflict at all in my mind. I'd right, be like I'd right. be like Colorado 100%. I'd, yeah, I'd okay. give a I give a Ken Campbell prediction here. Yeah. But it, that goaltending really just it it really you know, it's ah oh boy. I should really start thinking about these in advance, eh? before we do
1: this. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, it might be
2: yeah. a good idea. Uh You've got you've got Colorado at 55%? I do. I'm going to take the same logic that you took last series for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. And I'm going to put Edmonton at 55%. Nice. And the reason why it, you said you said you don't know that there's anybody out there that can stop Connor McDavid. Right. And I look at how Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl and Zach Hyman completely dismantled a an excellent defensive core even without Chris Tanev there's still an excellent defensive core yep. yep I look at how they dismantled them and dismantled uh the goaltender in Jakob Markstrom Yep. and I think you've got a worse goalie mm-hmm. and you've got a worse defensive core all all due respect I, I okay Ooh. a worst in zone defensive core okay Okay. Yeah. You could argue that it's a better defensive core all over. Yeah. This is the thing that stats guys always have trouble with is cuz you like to quote Corsi on a defensive core, but that doesn't necessarily measure in zone defense. And and if you can if you can say that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are are guys that can gain the zone, then then you've got now a question as to what the defensive core will be able to do against them.
1: How much will they have it in the zone though is my question. Yeah. So, anyways, but you, you bring up some good points. Yeah, I'm 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 good with that. Yeah. Okay. All right.
2: So we've got we've got ourselves a ten point swing on that one, which becomes a thirty point swing.
1: Right. So you you know if I'm wrong on both, you're in the lead. Thanks, Ken. That's yeah, so that's nice okay. of you. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the interview. Before we do, check out kencampbell.substack.com. You just wrote uh, an article. I didn't get a chance to read it because I was uh, setting up for this. Um, Ken Holland gets the last laugh, sort of.
1: Sort of, yeah, yeah. No, I mean yeah. he, he does in a way because, like everybody thought he was the village idiot a couple of months ago. It's very true. And now, you know, us included. I, I never did. I never did. Well, I know. Yeah, I think he's a pretty bright okay. guy. I think he's a pretty smart guy. I think he's. You know, but, but we were I, all I scratching did, our did, heads on the goaltending some, thing. Yeah, yeah, I did have yeah. some some questions about some of the things. Yeah, that he okay, did. Yeah. I, I
2: okay, village yeah. idiot is harsh. But yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Um, we, we had we had some questions.
1: Correct. Yes. All yeah. right. Okay.
2: Um. Yeah. So check out KenCamel.substack.com. Check us out on Apple Podcasts. Check out the YouTube for the Hockey Podcast Network, and also, of course, our personal YouTube account. Where you can get all of these little clips, little bite-sized segments, where you can just listen to us for ten minutes at a time, because that's a, that's that's what we find uh, people are able to stomach, take,
1: <laughs> yeah, to, to endure.
2: That was a Bob Newhart thing. As he was closing off one of his stand-up sets, he said, uh, "He Well, 'Well, I'm going to wrap it up now because I found that uh, that you know this is about as much as as an audience can take.'" He said, You we start to hear murmurings, and people start passing notes, and somebody sometimes comes up and asks me politely to leave. <laughs> Guy's such a class
1: act. Yeah. All right, hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings same game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win? How many goals will be scored and more? It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Well, everybody, it starts tonight. Uh, The series uh, that I think we were all hoping for, or or a lot of hockey fans were hoping for, the Edmonton Oilers and the Colorado Avalanche, the Battle of the Superstars. And uh, here to join us uh, to preview the series is uh, Mark Spector from sportsnet.ca and Adrian Dater. From Colorado Hockey Now, uh, a couple of veteran hockey writers who uh, know their way around every rink in the uh, in the league. Thanks for joining us, guys. I appreciate it.
3: No worries, guys. Happy to be here.
1: Great. Good. Well, I'll start with you, Mark. Um, you know the Edmonton Oilers dispatched the Calgary Flames in, in five games. It wasn't an easy series, but it was a uh, it was a short series. Um, you know I'm I was looking, and from game forty six on, after the Oilers had that terrible terrible run through COVID and went to eleven and two in the last forty six games, their record was 11, and four for forty six points. And guess what the Colorado Avalanche's series was in their or uh, record was in their final 30, 46 games. What thirty one, <laughs> thirty one, eleven and four. They had exactly the same record down the stretch, uh, and and so to me, I I, I mean, I, I think Edmonton's an underdog in this series, but maybe they shouldn't be.
0: Well. I mean, it's funny you point that out because you know how it is, guys. Adrian, you know this. We all cover our own teams inch by inch, right? We Every little day of every match nation. So, of course, those of us around the Oilers were quite well aware that in the second half of the season they were top five team in the National Hockey League. Five or six, I think. Top three. Uh, top three. Top three. It depends they, were tied for
1: third. they were tied for third. Florida was better and uh, Calgary was better. And so there better. you go, right? Yeah.
0: So... So, I, you know what? I've covered enough playoffs, so have you guys. I don't really care that much how your team played in November and December. I want to know how your team played from February on, frankly. That's what tells me if you're ready to be a playoff team. So, I'm not saying that I, I'm, I predict the Calgary to win, so I'm no genius here. But <laughs> the people around the Oilers and certainly the people inside the Oilers have been able for the first time in a long time to look at themselves and say, this isn't a small sample size, this isn't a hot streak. We just went three months as a top three team in the National Hockey League. Down the stretch, when the games are tougher to win, they were winning them. So don't expect the Oilers to think that they're just here for fun. They've, they've been doing this for a while, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And Adrian, I mean, the Colorado Avalanche have been this, the, the gold standard, quite frankly, for almost all of this season. Um, and, you know, they, they've been, in my opinion, they've just been clinical and methodical. You know, I know the St. Louis series won six games. I don't think it was that close. I don't think it was anywhere near that close. Uh, Obviously, they swept the first round. Um, What do you think their mindset is going into the series facing a team that, as Mark said, has been, you know, stride for stride with them in the last three or four months?
3: Well,. I do think the Avalanche have this mental hurdle off them a, a, a lot going into this series. Um, that second round thing was was real. I mean, three years in a yeah. row they lost in the second round. Oh, and six going back to two thousand two in the second round. So it's been a long time, boys. I mean, this used to be, yeah. a, you know, <laughs> yeah. right. Of, it used to be my, uh, you know, um, as they used sure. to say in Montreal, uh, you know, you know, uh, um, which, which, which which day is the parade or whatever, whatever that yeah. saying was. No, they yeah. always
1: said in Montreal, they said, yeah, we'll be having the parade the will and it will follow the usual, the usual route. route. I'm sorry, that's right. <laughs> Michael Farber
3: used to always say that to me. Yeah. Um, you know, it used to be just a, easy every year. You go to the Western finals, Colorado Avalanche, you know, that's all I used to know. Uh, it's been 20 years now. So uh, I think everybody's really excited here. I think the, 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 uh, that mental hurdle is gone. I think they're going to enjoy themselves a little bit more. That said, you know the, nobody's nobody's taking the Edmonton Oilers lightly. I mean, it's the prospect of Conor McDavid and Dryside coming over the boards every every other minute is not exactly an appetizing thing to think about for a hockey mm-hmm. defenseman. Um, so I think I think they they're going to have the proper mindset here. Um, you know, the there is a. The the mindset has definitely been different this year. I think more of a more of a killer instinct in a way, a little more disciplined. Um, You know, everything they said they wanted to do, they've done so far. So somehow they've had good health too. They usually don't have that this time of year. Usually, I've got five or six guys out right now. Nobody's out. So you know, you're not avalanche fans. I think are sort of pinching themselves a little bit, like "Eh, this might be a little too good to be true. (laughs) but um, maybe it's not, you know, maybe this team is just destined to to, to go all the way. And yet, you know, um, we've seen this team also win big second round series before and then lose in the third round when they sort of let down a little bit. That happened in the late 90s against Dallas twice. Um, And, uh, you know, um, so, you know, it's a good situation here, but um, I think everybody is just properly, you know, Um, the proper mindset is here. I don't think they're taking them lightly, and yet I think they're very confident, too.
1: Yeah. Well, this team reminds me of the Washington Capitals leading up to their Stanley Cup in 2018. You know, a star studded group that had done tons of great things during the regular season. And the Capitals could not get over that second round hump either, mostly because they were always playing Pittsburgh and the Sydney, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins and Sydney Crosby. But once they did get, once they did beat, and they did actually beat Pittsburgh in the second round, there was no stopping them. And I, I'm wondering if that might be the same case here. But what I want to talk to you guys about is obviously the star power in this series. You know, I mean, I mean, we may have four of the top five players on the planet in this series right now. I personally think that Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. And I personally think that Kyle McCarr is the second best player in the world right now. Um, we've got, you know, if not four of the top four players in the world, we've got probably four of the top five. And then, you know, you go down the lineup, then you've got, you know, you, you know, Colorado will say, well, yeah, well, we have, we have Nazem Kadri and then, and then Edmonton says, well, we'll, we'll call your Nazem Kadri with Evander Kane and and we'll raise you you know, Zach Hyman. So I'm just wondering guys, what are you expecting to see from just from a, like, take off your, your writer's hats here and put your fan hats on. And what do you expect to see as, as in terms of excitement as a hockey fan in this series, Mark, we'll start with you.
0: Well, uh, when McDavid plays the way he's been playing, um, if you have guys on the other team that can also score the kind of goal that McKinnon scored the other night and can do the things McCarr does it like it's to me, what's good. Here's, here's, what's going to happen. McDavid's going to make a great play. Everyone's going to come out of their seats, including McKinnon, and he's going to jump the boards next shift and he's going to try <laughs> to do something better. Right. Yeah. yeah. And to, this is going to be like, it, it, the trigger is 97 and I I'm here to tell you, he will be fantastic in this series barring injury. he is He's shown us that he raises his level when the stakes are higher. He's done it for two rounds here. So he's going to put a show on. But the best part of it is Colorado's got guys that can jump over the boards and put on just as good a show. So yeah. I wouldn't miss a game, boys. It's this... I don't know who's going to win and I'm not sure whether kadri's going to face McDavid's line or whether McKinnon's going to face McDavid. All that stuff we're going to figure out as we go on. But here's what I'm going to guarantee you. There's going to be a... uh you know, Sportsnet Central full of highlight highlight reels, plays every night in this series.
1: I remember in 2014, the Western Conference Final between the Chicago Blackhawks and the LA Kings. That was one of the best playoff series I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. I'm I'm looking for that this time, boys. So, Adrian, what do you think?
3: I mean, I agree with Speck there. Uh, you know, McDavid is the best player. Let's face it. I mean, the guy's, you know, just a cyborg, but, um, McCarr is, is the McDavid, a defenseman. I mean, he is unbelievable. He's every bit the cyborg Connor is, um, he is just unbelievable. His skating technique. You'll see if you see him every night, and I know you guys watch a lot of hockey, but maybe if you don't see him every night, you can't always appreciate what he does. He's, he's got this little move he does with his feet where he can just yeah. create space for himself. Yeah. Yeah. Just by sort of backtracking a little bit, and he, it's like he. Well, and we it's saw like it on he that can,
1: overtime goal, that overtime goal, that one that yeah, keeps popping up. Yeah, yeah that's I know
3: exactly it the, the yeah. stutter can, step. You're absolutely right. He can sort of move in any direction at a time. It's like he's vertical, he's horizontal. He can go any any direction with his feet, and it just kind of creates space. It's weird. Um, McKinnon is uh, is I think a different player than McDavid in the sense that uh, he, he he doesn't. Go, he can't go through everybody consistently like Connor did. Now he scored one of the greatest goals in playoff history. Probably when he did go through everybody the other yeah. night yeah. in that game they lost. Um, but he's more of a um, you know a little bit of a give and go guy. I don't think he shoots quite as much as he should at times. I think he he um, you know gets in trouble trying to trying to do too much at times. But you know when probably he's got big, in straight
0: lines, probably travels in, maybe in straight lines more than McDavid. Is that fair? Yeah.
3: I would agree. Yeah. With you there, Mark. more north yeah. south, Absolutely. more north south player. Yeah, um, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, um, you know, when he's got his mm-hmm. line mates still going with Landeskog and Randon, you know, that's a, that's a lot to handle. Um, we we don't know if Lekkonen might be on that line at times too. Still, so we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. So star power is there. I think you know the Avalanche are counting on their depth to outlast the, the Oilers. I mean, you're not just yeah. when you talk about when you talk about McCarty also. Factor in Taze, who's been unbelievable. Bo Byram is a <laughs> good player. He's playing well. He can skate the puck all night. Um, it's it's going to be that kind of thing, I think, that the Avs are hoping to win the series. It may not be the Stars who actually win it for these teams. It wasn't last game. Darren Helm comes off last five seconds and wins the game for him the other night. JT right. Comfort, two goals and a 3 2 win. Um, so it may be the, the attrition thing. Uh, who's got who? Who scores those third and fourth line goals? I don't know. Uh, I, otherwise, no. Like, they, those guys are going to play all the most of the minutes, and it's it's probably going to be a star that wins the game. Probably.
1: Well, no, um, but I think I think I think Adrian, yet you bring up a good point. I mean, maybe the star power just cancels each other out, and the series is decided yeah. by uh, either a. Not Maybe not the depth players, but it may be, you know, the Nazem Cadres that decide this series. It may be the, you know, the the Cody CeCes or whatever who decide, end up deciding this series. But I think what's going to decide this series is probably the biggest wild card, I think you would both agree, for hmm. both teams, and that's goaltending. 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 And, yes. I, and I, I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, I, I, I mean, I can't help but think that the Edmonton Oilers have... The edge here, uh, as as crazy as it sounds to say that, uh, spec. You know, I mean, to me, Mike Smith is like the little kid with the curl. You know, when he's good, he's really really good, and when he's bad, he's really really bad. Uh, but you can't argue with the guy's playoff numbers either this year or over the course of his career. They're they're off the charts.
2: I just want well, to throw in for a second, Smith is at a 9.27, Kemper's at a 9.04.
1: 9.04, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Right, so... Yeah, go ahead, Speck. You know, I think Smith's like the Oilers. When he's healthy and when, you know, we we judge him a lot. A, he, he gets hurt too much, he's older, so he does get hurt. And when he's hurt, he's no good. When he's actually playing and he's healthy and he's got a couple games under his belt, his numbers this year have been great. So, I can you know, Kemper's kind of the same guy. He's been hurt a lot in his career, so... You know, both guys, if we could make some kind of blood pact right now that they're both getting in six or seven games in this series, <laughs> I don't know who's got the edge. They're both really good goalies. But maybe the X factor is if one of them, you know, if, if history repeats itself and one guy's not playing after a few games, that could be the decisive feature. You know, Smiths yeah. Smith's a game changer. I don't need to tell you guys. He's, you know, I would tell you that he's the best puck Handling goalie in the league today, yep. and people are saying that he should be put into the pantheon of Marty Brodeur and Marty Turkle and sure, guys sure. in in the history of puck handling goalies. And I think, so. yeah, yeah. I think that's probably he's, there's no one better at it. And he changes everything. You can't dump the puck in the way you did against other teams, right? Mm-hmm. He, he the Oilers defense that everyone looks at and goes, ah, I'm not sure how good they are. I'm not sure how well they move the puck. Well, they move it a hell of a lot better when they're not getting pounded on because you can't hit them because Smith's the guy making the first pass. So sure, he's a sure. huge part of things here. Smith, uh, yeah. Kothkin can stop pucks, but they're a completely different team when Smith's not in the net.
1: You know, it's funny too, Speck. Is I think I think as you know, as Mike Smith's career has gone along, I think you're absolutely right about the puck handling, and and I, and I think what makes it even better is that he's he's he knows when. To, when to do it and when not to like he doesn't always like it's not a given that he's always coming out and playing that puck like he you know he if he's not having a great night I notice a lot of times he'll just he'll defer and he'll let it go and I mean that's a part of it too right like I mean well, he's really got his his he's really knows when he's going, when he's not when to play it when not to
0: but listen here's the deal like, first of all, take the 132 foot goal and throw it in the garbage. It's, it's just a guy that couldn't see a puck. It, it wasn't a, he didn't miss it. It wasn't like Vesta mm-hmm. where he watched it bounce down the ice and he just didn't save it. <laughs> he, he didn't even see it. it it's just a, yeah. a flute play. Throw that, throw in the garbage. Yeah. When you have Mike Smith playing the puck, you know, 40 times a night. Once every 10 or 12 games, he'll make the wrong play, just like Kale McCarr will make the wrong play. He'll throw a pizza, give me the best defenseman in the game. There's a pizza in his game every dozen games. This guy's doing it with goal mitts on and a goal stick. So, yeah, you see the highlight of Smitty giving a puck away and it goes in his net. But the the previous 190 plays that he makes makes your team way better. Mm -hmm. There isn't an NHL person that I've ever met who wouldn't make that trade, guys. It's, it's a yeah. misnomer to say, oh, Spader gives that puck away too much. No, he doesn't. He gives it away as much as a star defenseman gives it away. The right. difference is when he gives it away, it goes in the net because he's alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, that, that's the thing, Speck. Like I've always said, give me the guy in the NHL who leads the NHL in giveaways. Give me that guy. I'll take him on my team. Right. A hundred days out of a hundred. I'll take the guy who leads the league in giveaways because he's all always right. a star player and he's always handling the puck all the time. So that's a good point, Spec. Adrian, what do you, What's sort of, what are the tea leaves looking like in Colorado as far as goaltending is concerned? I mean, mm-hmm. I've maintained at all year that, that Darcy Kemper doesn't have to be great. Mm. All he has to be is good. He just has to be good. He doesn't have to win games but he can't lose games. And he hasn't done that. You know, um, but he, he, you know, the workload hasn't been quite as high as it's been for, say, uh, Igor (laughs) Shosturkin. So I'm wondering what, 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 what's the sort of, what does it look like going into this series as far as Colorado's goaltending?
3: Well, first of all, that was a good point. Speck made about puck hailing and that really the, when Jordan Bennington went out the last round, it wasn't, I don't know if it was as much the goaltending itself that the Avs. Um, benefited more by it with him being at it, it was the puck handling that they didn't have to deal with with Bennington anymore. Huso could only do a forehand play around the boards; that was it. He forehand only. Binner could go both sides and dish the puck, backhand, forehand, and that really made a big difference in the rest of that series. So, if if Mike Smith is Doing what he does, uh, yeah, it's going to change things for the ABS. They're going to have to really get in on the four-check hard, okay. but uh,
0: you don't for, get to hit. It saves your defensemen so much punishment, right, yeah. Adrian? Your yeah. guys don't that's get right. pounded
3: on near the you're way they do. The glass all the time. That's right. right. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. And the, and and the ABS are able to get in and pound that Blues D a lot better after yeah. winning. What you're right. Uh, you know, Unless Kemper's still a mystery man right. to me. Um, he doesn't really inspire a lot of. Confidence in me at times. I know I'm a tough critic. at I covered Patrick Waugh for nine years here. Um, it's unfair to compare anybody to Patrick, probably. But yes, he, uh, he just gets the yips at times. <laughs> he gets the yips. Um, yeah. He flinches a lot when shots are coming at him. I, mean, I notice when 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 things are getting a little tight. He's just he's a little flinchy. Um, <laughs> and, flinchy. and now, yeah, that's, that's not a new name you want. I mean, is it's that a
0: time. Y at the end of that's, Flinchy?
3: That's the word. <laughs> I think it's a Y, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, he's a good goalie. I mean, yeah. he can be a really good goalie, right? I mean, he's so big, uh, it takes up a lot of net, but uh, he's let in some bad goals. Um, yeah. he's not a four-person, is, just is sticks out like a sore thumb here. Um, that said, you know, I mean, we're all just waiting for it to see him if he can be a real money goalie or not. He really didn't have to be a money goalie in, that last, in the last two rounds. Um, Listen, don't football.
0: forget, too, don't forget, too, Ken Holland, not only did Ken Holland go after Jacob Markstrom, failed and settled on Mike Smith. The next year he went after Darcy Kemper, yep. failed and settled on Mike Smith. <laughs> yep. So there's a little bit of that going on here, too. Boy. Yeah, not,
3: exactly, exactly. It's a good subplot. Um, yeah. I think that... Uh, you know, he's still got a chance to, to 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 win a series and be known as a money goalie. Maybe uh, it's all there for him. I mean, he's got a great team in front of him. You're right. He he just needs to be like Chris Osgood for the old Red Wings teams to exactly. win a cup. You know. Yep. Um, yep. That's really it. If he can just keep the Aussie. keep him down to four. You know, this team probably is going to win a lot of the games. So uh, Somewhere but, you between
1: anti Niemi and Chris Osgood. He's got to be in between there somewhere. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
3: hey, yeah, so there here's, but here's the, where the rubber hits the road,
0: guys. Right. You're now facing an elite offensive force here, right? I'm not saying the Oilers are the great, great team, but what they do do is score. Do you see what they did yeah. to Jacob Markstrom, right? Yes. yes. They made Jacob Markstrom look like, well, he was an 850 goalie in that series. So, when Drysdale comes down on you on a breakaway, when when Evander Kane's finishing a two-on-one, forget about McDavid. You know when when uh, Hyman on a breakaway is exceptional, right? He's not he doesn't just get breakaways; he scores on his breakaways. So yeah. my point is this: you know it's going to take that. That's the one thing the Oilers have: a bunch of guys who can finish here. Kemper's not going to being good's not going to be enough for Kemper. He's going to have to be great.
3: Yeah, exactly. I think, I think the oh, Avs, 100? you know, the Avs are – I watched a lot of that Calgary series. I, just, I couldn't believe how slow Calgary's deeds looked all of, a, yes. all of a sudden. I mean, what happened to them? Um, <laughs> I don't think you're going to see as many breakaways on this team. I think, they, you know, the Avs have a more layered defense, better than they used to have. They're better in the neutral zone. Uh, they just have a better defensive play in general, and they they, they they handle the puck a lot more than they used to. Pays and McCarr always have the puck. Um, so – that's where the abs are going to have to use their advantages, just nice. puck possession. But uh, abs
0: hey, here ice here, nice. ice. the abs are taking so the ice.
1: Yeah. Okay, here so guys, uh, I won't keep you too. much. I'll keep you just a couple of minutes longer. That's Speck, okay. You gotta get you got to get going here. I hear pucks going against the boards and and the abs are out uh, doing their reps. So I guess I'll end with this, guys. I, I I would like each of you to identify the X factor in this series, and then of course I need your prediction. So. I'll start with you, Mark. What's, what do you think the X factor is in this series or the the intangible is in this series? And and when the rubber hits the road, as you say, what's your prediction?
0: Well, I'll say this. The Edmonton Oilers went against what they called the best um, five-on-five line in the league this year, 340-goal scorers in Calgary. So during the regular season, and we clearly didn't play out, uh, that was a hell of a line and everybody had a hard time with them. They killed what was Johnny Goodrow, guys? Plus 68 or something? He was the best five
1: on five player in the NHL this year. Without, yeah, like, so how it that wasn't
0: close. Yeah. And they and not only did they win the battle, they absolutely crushed it's that straight battle. Straight they beat straight straight that up. that line. Eminence top line beat that line for fun. So yeah. the difference here in Calgary is or in Denver is the top line's got better, I think has better players on it. And the other thing is if it doesn't go Bednar's way right away, he's got Kadri who has a real history of being able to do well against McDavid. So I guess my X factor is that uh, is, is, you know, if Edmonton has a success against the McKinnon line, and I'm not saying they will, but if they do, I think they have the ultimate cork to, to put in that dam in Nazem Kadri. That's the X factor. If Kadri can't handle it, then the Avs are in trouble, but I think that he can't yeah. so'll give me give me the Avs in seven. nice. okay
3: Adrian uh, yeah, no I, I think Kadri is your wild card too he's he wasn't here last year and don't forget he he was suspended in the second round. And he's every bit of the difference that he couldn't make last year or this year. he uh, you know Mr. clutch in that game in St. Louis with a hat-trick after all the yeah. stuff he put up with that was an unbelievable moment for him and I think he's uh. You're right. I think if he, you know, can at least check Connor reasonably okay, uh, you know, that's that's huge. Um, Arturi Lekinen, don't forget about him, too. He is a really good defensive player. Um, oh, yeah. He Absolutely. may be the guy who could be an X-factor as far as a checker goes, and, and maybe he they put him on McDavid at times. I don't know. But, um, he's a, he's an X factor to me. And, you know, uh, again, though, I think it comes down to goaltending. Like, well, it always does. Um, made the best goalie win. I think, um, you know, Mike Smith is somebody they did beat as a flame when they, they were the number one seed three years ago. And so I think they take a little confidence in, against him than that. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Kadri is your X factor. They haven't had, um, I said abs and six. I guess I'll stick with it here on this uh, this fine podcast. I uh, nice. I've wavered a little bit, but uh, <laughs> I'm not known for my optimistic picks either on the abs. But uh, I guess I'll have to take them, right?
1: Yeah, I. You know what? This series for me, when I was going over it, was like it was agonizing. It was agonizing to pick a winner. Like I, I really, you know, I mean, but I, I did end up going with the avalanche in seven. Uh, and seven, what I hope are going to be wildly entertaining games. So uh, let's get to it, guys. I'll let you guys get at it. And uh, thanks for joining us. Speck, you look like you wanted to say something.
0: Yeah, no, uh, I think that's the only thing that we can say for sure, boys. Uh, It's going to be one hell of a series to watch. All these great players on the ice together. McDavid in the big stage for the first time. Dry cycle quietly tied in the top of the sports or the top of the scoring stats with them. All the great yeah. players he has to have. Kale McCarr. This I don't know who's going to win, man, but it's going to be awesome to watch.
3: And, and I'm I'm so excited to have a Canadian team to play again. Nice. Yeah. I'll be up in Edmonton for that. I, I, it's just no better than being in Canada for for a playoff series. I, yes, sir. I've always just been. Amazed when it, whenever I ever had the chance to happen. I've been to Edmonton a couple times for playoff series. Uh, well, a lot for the Avs, but also when they played Carolina in 06, I was covering that series. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. I mean, the it's fans are, you know, it's, it's well, you
1: guys, you guys are, you guys, I know that you think that's great, but you should see what it's like in Toronto during the Stanley Cup. Oh, wait a minute. Just a second. Oh, wait a second. You guys should see what it's like in Toronto in the first round when they go ahead in a series. You should see. This city's electric, man. (laughs) Anyways, guys, I am thrilled that you guys agreed to do this. Uh, We really, really appreciate it. Should be a great series. And uh, I'll be reading... uh, I'll be reading your stuff uh, with uh, great interest. So thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it.
0: All right, boys. Thanks for Adrian. having me, guys. All right. See
3: you at the ring tonight.
2: Well, thanks so much for sticking around to the end of this episode. If you like this and other episodes, check us out on Apple Podcasts. You can get us uh, also wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check out kencampbell.subsect.com for this podcast directly in your inbox. And, of course, all of Ken's great writing and Feel free to leave a comment or review. We read them. Questions, we love to answer them. Uh, We might not do a good job, but that's your fault for leaving the question.